Hi, this is Occultus Anonymous with episode six of our Star Trek Adventures miniseries, Cold Shoulder. Hope you enjoy it. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome once again to Occultus Anonymous, our little court of internet. Um, we are, as always, brought to you uh, by Roll20 and viewers like you. Not brought to you by, but sponsored by. Um, the viewers like you are Ryan, Thomas, Nova, Harry, Michael, Brandon, Catfeathers, Josh, Alexander, Puppeteer, Sina, ML, Moku, Melissa, Doc the Doom, Other Michael, The Arcane, Bernie, Alan Michael, Al, Lore versus Data, that's a deep cut, uh, Julian, Delora, uh, Jenny, Blood Angel, Jack, Zoltan, Funzo Sue, Milo V3, Vortex, Adele, Crazy Man 1772, George, Woodfoot, Neomegus, Chris, Shexara, Set Camel, To Stun, Toast, <laughs> Daniel, That's Thomas, Taryn, Angfaleth, Parker, uh, and Riafio. Thank you very much for your support. Um, it helps uh, do things like refresh gear and uh, pay for awesome artwork. Um, the headset I'm wearing right now is thanks to your contributions. So thank you very much. Um, when we last left our story, um, the crew has are about six months into their into their journey. They've had a few harrowing adventures. Uh, learned, uh, done a ton of science. Um, also suffered some losses. There's been a few crises on board. Um, and when we last left off, they had just um, obtained the possible pinnacle of a science vessel's operation, and that's a first contact with a brand new species. Oh, yeah. Um, they've done some initial investigation, spent a little bit of time on the planet. There's some questions about some kind of a broadcast warning, like a you know an emergency alert system saying stay in your homes until we deal with the outsiders. Um, you're not sure if it's pertaining to you or not, or just, there were some questions about that. Uh, but the decision was made to head down in a shuttle and make first contact. And uh, left off. Clarification. Or, or, use, or use transporters. Um, uh, because cause you brought it up, whether the signal was talking about us. Did we pick up those radio signals as we were coming in? Yes, as oh. we were coming in. Okay, so, so they weren't unlikely, already playing. Yeah, you weren't in orbit when they were... You weren't in orbit when they started. They were already playing when you arrived in the system. Right. Okay. Cool. Just making sure um, I had that interpretation right. Yep. All right. Um, now, before we get into the whole first context, I wanted to roll back the clock a little bit um, because um, uh, Lieutenant Zakolnin didn't have a chance to meet um, uh, Lieutenant uh, Mathan. So this is back when you're just part of your initial transit outside of Federation space. You would have had a chance to meet with your science crew. Um, science vessel, this is one of the largest departments on board. So you've got biologists and xenoarchaeologists and xenobiologists and all kinds of sciencey folks. Um, so you're the, the biggest component of the of the crew um, for loaded for this particular mission, and your second, your number two, um, is a Denobulan, the name of Matan. 
so you head into the main science lab, which is sort of your office dispatch area where you would, you know, hand investigations out to different people and they would report back to you on what they're doing. So you have quite a large number of staff, but Matan is your number number two. Um, and he's a male Dominion. Um, seems very friendly as you walk in. Tenant, very nice to meet you. Hello. I can't make his character sheet grow. I will. <laughs> make um, my character sheet grow. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, right there with you. <laughs> there we go. Um. So you know from his um, from his um, personnel file that he's got a focus on xenobiology, a, theo- a theoretical physics, and xenozoology. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll complement each other well. Um, basically, all sides of a xenoecologist. Mm-hmm. Um. I focus primarily on plants. He's got animals and other living things. Yeah, pretty much covers you guys pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so much I can read this. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, I'm not super friendly with everyone else. Very formal. Just a nice, nice to meet you. Discussing ways in which we can work together in our um, missions. Sure. Um, My primary focus is on documentation, really. Exploring, documenting, seeing what's out there. Yeah. No problem. Hmm? His big question is, do you want to let him handle the day-to-day taskings and data rotations and stuff like that, or did you want to take more of an active hand in that? And then he'll just like bring problems and larger solutions or larger decisions to you. I would have him do it initially. Okay. Um, because that is more convenient, but I'm watching closely to see how it's done. Sure. So he'll make sure he copies you and everything he does and mm-hmm. oversee sure. No problem. Um, I guess that's about it. He's very amiable. He's very mm-hmm. um, sociable. He's very friendly. Uh, doesn't seem to take things too seriously. Like he's sort of got this, you know, sort of half amused air about him most of the time. Um, even if it's you know something that's like, oh, that could be seriously dangerous. He's like, oh, that's curious. You know. He's got a very positive outlook about things. Um, <clears throat> so the only other issue is during your time, you had some uh, a few adventures. And one of those adventures, there was an alien ship that managed to knock your warp core offline. Um, so there was a lot going on. There was a boarding action, blaster fire all throughout the ship. The captain was trying to negotiate and bluff his way against an alien vessel that was firing on you. While all that was going on, yeah. You were down in the engine room with the chief engineer trying to crash start your warp core, um, which at the time had about a 50-50 chance of either working or destroying the ship. Um, there was a lot of butting of heads. Uh, chief engineer Jiffis has a playbook. Mm-hmm. It's very extensive, um, and he wanted to follow the playbook. And like, we don't have time. 
there's no playbook for this because it's never been done before, except the Enterprise did it once and they didn't really document it very well. Um, so there was a lot of, a little bit of friction during that whole exchange, um, but you guys managed to get the work bar started mm-hmm. um, with an implosion and uh, the captain managed to talk your way out and you guys secured the borders and the medical team managed to sedate all of the aliens loading chaos and anyone else. It was a whole fun time. Um, you uh, lost a couple, uh, one of the science crew uh, during another altercation with an uh, energy field that surrounded the ship while you guys were studying it, everyone on the crew started to feel feelings of fear and paranoia. Um, and it led to a couple of violent altercations and one of the science crew was um, uh, was killed during that crisis. Uh, it turns out that that energy field was actually sentient and was a child. It was lost from its parents. And you guys managed to reunite it with its parents and it all worked out fine. But the, um, the Curie did suffer some losses during that exchange. Um, there was a, a service was held for the four crew members that were lost in that incident. Yeah, so just keep that in mind as a history thing that you'd be aware of. Um, but you're through the crew, first six months of this cruise, your crew has been extremely busy. Um, you've found new stellar phenomena. You've got several days um, watching a neutron star collide with a black hole as the orbit slowly decayed. Tons and tons of data that you're still processing even weeks after the events and stuff like that. So your science crew is definitely very busy. Uh, the only other uh, thing that would have happened of note was that uh, you would have been called into the um, the ring in the gymnasium. Um, it appears that all the senior staff um, are kind of interested or are, are being shuffled into doing some hand-to-hand combat exercises. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Shavor. Uh, who uh, is an Andorian? Uh, she's uh, the second second in charge of the security side of things, so mm-hmm. answers to the commander. Um, and, and in the initial exchange, like she's like, you know, you know, we'll take it easy on you, and then you completely knocked her on her ass, um, which surprised the hell out of her because you're wearing a blue uniform. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after that, she uh, was a lot more uh, res- not not that she didn't respect you, but she was a lot more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You were much more of an equal in the ring for her in her mind. You weren't just, she wasn't just putting you through some exercises. Not just the nerd. Yeah, she thought you were just a nerd because most of the science crew would generally not have a lot of combat skills. They focus her, but you had caught her by surprise and that earned her a mark of respect. Um, I think that catches you up with everyone mm-hmm. else. Is there anything I'm missing? Um, just a clarification she would be the head of uh, science, right? Yes. Okay. So then does she show up to the poker game? Ah, so the commander has invited all the senior staff to a regular poker game. Uh, yeah, I would go. Okay. Um, Rilla's very by the book when she's on the clock. Like, mm-hmm. while working, we're working. But when off the clock, she'll relax a bit more. Cool. Cool. Um, because Get of drunk the, with the wing commander, I want to go back and, and rewatch that section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, so the poker games, there's no, nobody dominates the poker games. You guys are a well-rounded crew. You all have different focuses. So, um, in your case, you could use like reason and science to, um, worry about odds and do card counting and that kind of stuff, or even insight because your insight's also pretty good at me. Nah, um, it's not. Okay, so there's a few different ways you can do it. Um, 
that you guys are all fairly well-rounded, so nobody's dominating. It's all going, you know, somebody's on a hot streak and somebody's not. It's kind of funny. Um, and I have rules for that if it ever comes up. But I think that uh, picks us up with, uh, uh, you guys have detected a, a warp-capable probe several light years from the nearest system. Um, it was fairly primitive looking, like a basic sort of, like uh, the equivalent of like a Voyager probe coming from some planet. Um, you might oh, trace it back like, and our, found... like, like the Earth Voyager. Yes, like the yeah, Earth Voyager. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I mean, light speed the, the satellite, Sputnik is yeah, what I have in probe. my head. <laughs> light yeah. speed Sputnik is pretty spot eye. Also a good like. band yeah, name. Like, yeah, it's like a light speed <laughs> <Sputnik>. <laughs> <laughs> Um So you trace that back and found um, a... It looks like an industrial level civilization um, that produced this um, this probe, but there's no like major industry. There's no large factories or anything like that. There's uh, almost no pollution that you guys can find. So whatever industrialization they have going on is is fairly small scale. Um, but it, they do appear to have science labs and things like that. So it looks like they produced this probe. Um, You've uh, scanned uh, electromagnetic uh, radiation coming to the planet in the form of communication signals um, that appear to be warning people to stay in their homes until the outsiders dealt with. And you detected that before you actually arrived in the system. Um, so uh, they were sending that out for a while before your arrival. So it's probably not to do with you, but that's an, that's an open question. Right now. Do we see any evidence of the people? Yes, you sent an away team down um, just to do a covert observation. Um, and in a rural area with some farmland and stuff like that, um, they are um, a multi-jointed marsupial bipedal species um, covered in uh, small fur with like thick manes running down their backs. Um, they tend to wear loose clothing and stuff like that. Um, I think I put a picture up there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was um, on uh, Discord in oh, the yeah, Star Trek Discord. channel. So if you guys are watching at home. Let me yep. go. Um, and I think that's where we left off. Is everyone was oh, these were guys. What's that? Okay. Yeah, I saw this and didn't know what it was referring to. Okay, yeah. Um, so we were preparing for a first contact mission to the surface. So I think you had decided, Captain, you wanted to take everyone with you? Yes. All the senior hands have your best people there? Absolutely. Our um, first experience with first contact as a crew, bridge crew, plus Lieutenant Shavor. And Lieutenant Shavor as well. Um, anyone else you want to take with you? I think we decided on five. Okay. Um, and then the there's a couple other hints besides the, like broadcast about the outsiders we found something else about uh oh, the, the heralds yes prophets oh, yeah. and heralds right prophets uh, and heralds. just some yeah some cultural stuff um the prophets appear to be um quasi-religious um uh leaders they're not part of the government necessarily but they their opinion carries a lot of weight with uh with the government and they talk about the heralds as sort of these um almost from the, the tone you're getting like otherworldly or higher beings um, that sort of direct them and give them some of the basic laws and things like that. Uh, so just some cultural stuff to be aware of. Um, you don't have much context for that yet, um, but it's good to first contact, so plenty of time to learn about all that as you guys get down. Everybody has their determination. You have no momentum in the pool to start. Uh, do and, we have uh, We have one determination? Mm -hmm. Yep, everybody has one determination. How does that refresh? 
Um, every session. Yeah, every uh, session you get it back. Um, but there's other mechanisms to get it back as well. That's also one really. Is there any way you get it back once you spend it? There is ways to get it back, and there's also ways to get a second one. Like if you challenge um, a value, for example, I might offer you um, a challenge and say, "Hey, I'll give you a determination if you challenge that value." And it's you know, doing what's best versus what's following your value. Those kind mm-hmm. of you know um, tension situations. I might offer you that, or you might choose to pick that depending on the circumstance. Right. Um, so everybody loads into the shuttle. Somebody want to give me a con and control roll? Is somebody going uh, to try and take the controls away from the commander? Not no. at all. <laughs> uh, zero, just uh, so we can get some momentum on the board. Sure. Uh, control, con. Yes, my focus of small craft applies. Task roll. All right, well, one momentum. No problem. Take one momentum on the board. Cool. Right. Um, and you guys are going to land in the, there was a square in front of the central government building, I believe is what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some nice and public where everybody can see. And you're like going to do a flyby first to let people know before you come down? Right. Right. Uh, these aliens. Landing. <laughs> That's um, right. So you do uh, a couple of aliens around the capital. Um, it does draw some attention. Um, and as uh, the shuttle comes to a stop, um, you see uh, a f- moderate sized crowd gathered. Um, hard to predict what it should have been or if it's meeting expectation, but it seems a little small. Um, but uh, there's a crowd gathered as the doors open and you see, um, you know, these are marsupials you guys already identified. And um, a bunch of the, um, several of the females in the crowd have uh, in their pouches. Um, so they apparently carry their kids with them when they are carrying kids. Uh, and you guys step out of the shuttle and look around. Um, this one figure uh, steps forward. Greg, before yep. the figure speaks, can mm-hmm. I establish something? I forgot to mention this at, uh, uh, before we started the stream. Sure. Um, would it have made sense for us to have used samples, audio samples from that away mission to calibrate our universal translators? Oh, I already did. Okay. Yeah, we did that. That was all part of the that analyzing. Was, yeah. Tip. Okay. So you have your universal translators are uh, are applicable. Great. Um, so he steps forward, and he says, um, oh, oh, "Welcome, strangers. Uh, I am Chaskala. I I of the people." Why have you come? Mm. Captain Chichalor says, We gratefully accept your welcome, Jeskala. I am Captain Chichalor. This is my crew, whom I will introduce you to in due time. We are of the ship USS Curie, representing the Federation from many light years away many planets and many peoples, and we come in peace and curiosity. I see. Um, I welcome you. Um, but you have come at an awkward time. Hmm. I do not wish to seem inhospitable, but 
Um, this is a holy time. Um, and during this time, it would not be proper for us to receive outsiders. Ah, well, please accept my apologies. Would there be a better time in the near future so that we can have a proper and formal introduction? So might, we might share the histories and special truths of our respective peoples. Um, the prophets are currently on pilgrimage. When they return, the holy time will have ended. It is a, a period of waiting. Hmm. Um, and once the prophets return to us, then that period will be over and then we would certainly be interested in exchanging views and culture with you. But Wonderful. Now is not the time. Hmm. Well then, uh, do you know when the prophets will return? Um, their journeys can sometimes take weeks or months. And I've been gone for a week at this point. Okay. We are a patient people, and we are quite interested in respecting your customs so that we can best get to know each other on the terms that make sense to you. So with your permission, uh, we'll stay in the system and stay in contact. And when your prophets return and you bid us welcome for a formal introduction, as you've just suggested, we would be delighted. And Irolor puts on a, a magnanimous smile. We would be delighted to return and discuss all that you're interested in. And we are as well. As you say the word stay in the system, you notice some looks pass between, like, there's a small entourage that came forward with um, mm -hmm. Cheskala. Um, some looks sort of pass between the other members of the entourage, and he kind of glances back over his shoulder without making eye contact with We hold no dominion over the area beyond our atmosphere. Mm. Come and go as you please. Um, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, then we'll accept that. And uh, I thank you greatly for the effort you've made to feel make us feel tentatively welcome, despite the fact that it is not appropriate based on your customs. I am deeply grateful for your understanding. Of course. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, yeah, if uh, if Commander Kitneal is about to like lean into the captain, the captain of course would um, perceive yeah, that and wait and say, "It's not." And this is this is more to Craig, um, especially once the captain has engaged Jeskala in this conversation. Kitneal, yeah, you guys are free to do roles and stuff around that conversation, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Cool. Yeah, um, Kitneal is as soon as that conversation has started, it's it's ami amicable. It's like, okay, I can ignore this now. The captain, yeah. you know, the captain has this, and Kitneal is doing would normally be on threat assessment, but Shavara is here, so don't even have to do that. <laughs> Kitneal is looking for the the sub factions. The minority, mm. well, not even minority, but the ones who are not able to speak up or not necessarily being represented, the, you know, scruffy rebels in the alley, <laughs> you know, those guys uh, sure, sure. looking looking for the, the others who might be like wishing they could get a word in. Um, and I know I'm 100 percent pulling a Riker here doing this, but it's like, OK, hang on. 
the government's over here. Who else is, you know, needing a needing a voice? And that's who Kit Neal is looking for, even if it means we'll come back to chat with them, but trying to identify them at least. Sure. Pitch me a roll. Um, I'm basically leaning on the uh, the security side of things and the the assessing mm-hmm. the area. Um, the only thing I can think of is probably insight, uh, but potentially uh, presence um, and just being like the the. I would say presence if you're going for to carry yourself as a sympathetic ear. Right. Yeah. But insight would be more without revealing much about yourself taking the measure of somebody else. Oh yeah, I mean, okay. He's he's very, you know, effusive and such. Uh, sure. and were you good with security or yep, would it be okay. Fine. Cool. Um would this fall under diplomacy? Yeah. Okay. Understanding factions within a, a, uh-huh. a group for sure. Cool. I will leave our momentum for the time being. nice how's three successes craig (laughs) um that's pretty good was a difficulty one social skill so you get add two more momentum to your pool fantastic that's Um, what i'm talking about okay the crowd is you see some questioning glances as um, Chikala is saying, you know, this is a whole time. People are like, huh? Um, it's kind of their reaction. Um, <laughs> See? But they're not, like, no uh, no one's looking to speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. So they apparently have some wider context on why he would say that, even if it's not actually true. Um, you do see a couple of... Um, and it's hard to, it's a new species, so you can't really get the body language 100%, but they look either nervous, possibly scared, or um, maybe even aggressive. Um, there are several people in the crowd, a minority of them, that that are um, looking at like they're agitated for some reason. Uh, so uh, Kit Neal will lean over and speak, you know, well, once, the, well, yeah, go ahead. Yep. Um, let me offer you that you can use some of that momentum that you just bought uh, to gather or gain information. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you may uh, ask me a question per momentum that you spent. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I will add in one um, that basically is, do I notice any specific like group of people you know, similar to the um, Jaskala having his little entourage? Do I spot another group and of course this is alien species so I, I probably couldn't tell the difference between a friend group and work group versus a family group but just trying to spot that other click that might be not exactly on board with uh the speaker um based on their manner of dress you can interpret that there are um a few subgroups within these people um but they all appear to be represented by members of um, the entourage that's with um, just uh, just call it. Okay, cool. Um, and well, yeah. I, actually, I'll let uh, Craig and Ash, uh, not Craig, Chris and Ash, uh, jump in here. While and but Kidney has something to mention to the captain when this is done. Fantastic. My thought is that uh, the doctor would be relatively in a similar manner, but with a different intent, um, scanning to see if there's any 
apparent like class differences or if there's like a group of people that are sort of looking you know undernourished or um any signs of uh you know diseases and stuff like that sure pitch me around. um uh insight and medicine is kind of sure. what i was thinking sure Okay. That's a difficulty one, so you can add another momentum to your pool. Awesome. I'll uh, spend it for a gather information. information. Right. So let me yeah. tell you what you get first, and then you can ask a question. Um, so there are a few members um, in the crowd, a small minority, that appear to have um, injuries of some kind, just contusions, abrasions, um, that kind of stuff. Um, Swan eyes, things like that. Just a, a small minority appear to have minor injuries uh, that have been treated and stuff. They're not neglected or anything like that. Right. Um, okay. Overall, the health looks fairly um, even around. Um, there's no one that's doing, you know, there's not like one group that's obviously doing much better than everyone else. There's no one that's doing way poorer than everyone else. Sure. But the sample size you have in front of you, it looks like things are fairly even. Um, and if you want to obtain information, uh, um, don't you have that talent? Yeah, everyone, a question ask or any maybe any more, um, specifics on appearance like apparent uh, cause of these injuries or something. I can give you that it looks like. Um, the kinds of wounds that you'd receive in um, hand-to-hand combat with um, a superior opponent. Mm. Like defending yourself sort of things? Um, it's or beyond, like actually like in a fight and... It's beyond defensive. It looks on. like some of these folks have had a beatdown. Okay. Ooh. Um, and then... Um, I guess like with my scanner and stuff, um, the sorts of treatments that they've been given, is um, that apparent? Pulling out a tricorder at a first contact, maybe. Probably, probably not, not the best. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you can still ask uh, a question and I can give you what you would get with just your eyeballs. Yeah. Like, uh, what sort of like level is their medical, medical tech at? Is it just like bandages and stuff, or no? It looks it looks pretty good. Um, be like the you know the equivalent of synth flesh and things like that. Like the you can see they're obviously been treated, but the the medical tech looks um a, on a par with early Federation um sort of medical. That's pretty science. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Any anyone else? Um, I was going to ask for permission to explore elsewhere. Now is not a good time to meet you, but could we look at the planet? Okay. Um, Chiscala says um, within the envelope of our atmosphere, we are unable to welcome you at this time. But you are free to go where you wish, anywhere else in the system. 
Okay, so we're not welcome on That's planet. Right. Not just to them. Okay. Out of character. Cool. Satellites are outside of the atmosphere. We're going to go yep. check some... <laughs> that was the captain's plan. Cool. Um, yep. Yep. Time for intense scans. Captain, there are a number in the crowd that have suffered what look like beatings mm. but they've been patched up mm. duly noted Dr. Hudson uh, the captain then turns to Cheskala and says forgive me speaker if I ask an an inopportune question but it seems that uh, some of your entourage and others might have recently suffered some injuries. We have relatively advanced medical technology and would be more than happy to help heal any that have suffered any harm for what any reason, for whatever reason. As a sign of your yeah, as a sign of, of goodwill, um, yeah, and good faith. But we have the ability to look after our own. All right. Well, I think you've made your stance and perspective quite clear. And we appreciate how gracious you've been up to this point. And so we will take our leave of you for the moment and look forward to meeting in the future to, as I suggested, uh, share the truths and histories of our peoples. Sure. We you can leave them on the card. Sure. Yeah, I was like, going to yes, say, some way to signal us. To call yeah. us, yeah. Oh, frequency. Great. Mm-hmm. Right. Broadcast this on this frequency. And mm-hmm. right. we'll that's, get it. that's a good suggestion. So, um, the Captain Chichilor will turn to Lieutenant Zekelnen and say, Lieutenant Zekelnen, mm-hmm. if you'd be willing to provide the speaker with uh, the communications frequency we're likely to use from the bridge, as well as a, a comm link, I think that would be sufficient. He um, glances over his shoulder towards the Capitol building for like a good three or four seconds before he turns back and says, that would be tough. We will contact mm. you when the profits return. Great. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to give him your, your um, communicator. Yeah. And um, puts it in the folds of his robe. Can I? Did he have any a- like... Um, Sorry. Um, Sorry. Does he have any obvious like earpieces or something like that? No. Any sort of like that, like staring at the at the building and then answering a question would really draw. Yeah. Attention. <laughs> I'm highly curious like about this like, distress beacon. About what? Uh, the the warning beacon they had going off. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would be like a the um, you know, emergency alert system, mm-hmm. roughly the equivalent of it. So it's just using regular um, EM frequencies. Yeah. Okay. These pick up and stuff. Uh, yeah, Captain actually. Plan. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 is a very very good point. Um, and uh, Kitmiel will actually you know, speak up to Jeskala, um, especially after the captain has just kind of nudged about. Oh, we can we can fix your friends. Uh, Kitmiel will you know add in. Um, 
if uh actually no no he's not nope never mind hanging, <laughs> hanging on to the whole we can listen to your radio stuff yeah. for the minute okay. yep Captain has a plan let's let's keep it close to the chest for a moment <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if, if everybody else is good, uh, oh, actually, cool. The uh, thing I was going to speak up and say is, uh, Craig, if it's all right with you, <laughs> I'd like to make a presence and command role to represent Captain Trichelor's effect on the speaker and the crowd, sure. because uh, he has some suggestions uh, he might bring up to the rest of the crew that uh, might benefit from a positive effect. Sure. Cool. All right. Let's go back to roll twenty. All right, uh, I'm going to spend one point of momentum by a die. And I think diplomacy here might be an applicable focus. For sure. Great. Cool. Presence command. Three. Ooh. All right. And a complication. A complication. So mm. what is it that you're doing? Trying to get a read on... Not trying to get a read. Just trying to... Um, uh, convey? convey to everyone around that we are trustworthy, stalwart, and uh, intend them no harm. You're kind of doing like a stage whisper kind of thing where you're talking to us, but you're really talking to them? Yeah, I guess or... you could say that. Um, uh, he's not really concealing anything, just to okay. represent the, the, the total effect of all of the interaction that he's been leading. Uh, and I'll just say out of character for some key, cue you all in on that. Um, Chichilor, Captain Chichilor has definitely gotten the idea that, okay, we need to investigate this a little bit more, and then the rest of the crew wants to do that. So um, he suspects that some inhuman, or sorry, in-person interaction, might somebody might want to sneak in and talk to somebody. So he's trying to, like, grease the wheels there, right? And he also wants to, um, in, in, based on the groups that you all have been recognizing, right, if somebody wants to contact some of them and cause some insurgency... Um, he's hoping that people are going to be more receptive to anyone in the group. All right. Um, I am going to take a threat for that complication. Sounds good to me. Um, and what's the but, difficulty uh, of the task? Uh, the difficulty was a task one. Okay, cool. So, so we can ask two moments back into the pool. Great. Unless you want to spend any of that for obtaining information. Oh, mm hmm. But I will tell you that you're. You are self-assured and you're confident um, yeah. and your message has been very clear. Um, so that has um, filled the people with a sense of you. This is a, somebody who means what they say and says what they mean. Great. Excellent. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what he's going for. Okay. I, I can't think of something specific uh, Captain Chichilor would ask. Um, I'm happy to spend a moment and ask a question that another member of the crew would want to know. I'm pretty good for the moment. Okay. Yeah. I think we're good. Okay, so bank goes to momentum. Mm -hmm. Yes, now at five. It's going to be helpful. Okay. Just about to pop off. All right. Um, and basically, right. sorry, Kadil as as loading everybody up because for him he's first out with Shavor, last in with Shavor, and as as you know the the doors are closing, looks at Shavor and say, "You pick up anything weird?" <laughs> that place. Yeah, she says that place is a powder keg. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I do want to. Something's going on. They do not want us to know about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to loudly say the communications frequency we can be reached on, so mm -hmm. that he got the communicator, but they all heard me. Excellent. Sure. So. Perfect. Okay. 
Cool. No problem. And yeah. uh, you guys uh, pile in the shuttle and head back up. We got plenty of momentum, so I'm not going to make the roll. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you guys make it back up to the Curry. Um, cool. Uh, get into the docking bay, um, and you guys are pile out, and you're kind of standing around in the docking in the the shuttle bay, mm-hmm. sort of discussing what happened down on the planet. Any post brief you guys want to do? Yeah. While you're there. Yeah, Captain Titular will turn around and be like, "All right." I know you all kept your eyes peeled and certainly have um, recognized things that I wasn't paying attention to. So uh, I just want you to know that uh, there's something suspicious happening. And uh, I think we need to investigate it because it looks like there are some people who are under duress, um, either have been or currently are. So uh, I think uh, in maybe about an hour, we should convene and discuss plans. All right. Uh, just at that point, you guys hear like a clunk and a thud coming from inside your shuttle. Oh. <laughs> like a stowaway. Everybody is probably looking <laughs> into the shuttle. Kidneal is looking at Shavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a phaser out heading for the heading for the hatch. Cool. Shavor uh, uh, um, uh, emerges. Um, a few seconds later, holding a, one of the natives from the planet below. Ooh. Um, by her, uh, you, you can tell there's a fairly strong dimorphism for them for the gender. So this is a female. Uh-huh. Um, smaller than the average that you saw out on the square, but not out of, you know, not out of the normal sport. Okay. And uh, she's got her hands out as she emerges uh, from the shuttle. And she sees, I'm, I'm Maya. We need Hi, your Maya. help. Captain Chichilor <laughs> smiles, looks around, <laughs> says, well, we'll give it to you. And that will be seen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to pick up while you guys are waiting for the final briefing? I'm assuming everyone's going to head to the ready room or uh, the conference room. Yeah, uh, at, at this point... Um, Shavor, uh, Shavor, uh, Kidneal is going to chat with the uh, lieutenant um, and say, can we get some of the science crew to start picking apart some satellites? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and also, I want to check her out, make sure she's not hurt. I'm sure the Excuse doctor- me? <laughs> 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 Listen. We, we, we've got him not punching things, all right? So let's encourage... <laughs> Could do the opposite of a punch. Anti-punch. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so, my second in command is a xenobiology specialist with six points in medicine. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. Six? The can help. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he's a doctor, apparently. Um, <laughs> with six medicine? Um, I just, before the... Or, like out of character you can tell me this uh is she one of the ones that has injuries no oh okay. not a be injured. um but if you before you have that talk with her you can absolutely take her to sick bay give her a scan and once over and all that kind of stuff that's yep that's certainly your prerogative i think he, uh dr hudson would, would make the suggestion that we have the sort of not quite interrogation <laughs> yeah there needs to be a uh, in in the sure. sick bay because it is incredibly private. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and having a new alien species on board would certainly be a great opportunity to get some bioscans. Yep. For the database. And, and a little bit of sequestering and whatnot. But. Right. Sure. All right. Um, so I think we'll open the scene in Sick Bay. Um, are you going to be there, Lieutenant Zipolman? Or- mm-hmm. Okay. So in Sick Bay with the science officer and the and the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have this nervous female alien um, uh, sitting on a on a bed. How do you want to start? Um, and like scans are running, you're doing the tracking sure. thing, and you know the Absolutely. bio bed is. Like I've delegated satellites to the science crew who does sure. satellites. Yep, for sure. Um, can I make a like presence and medicine role for like a having a really good like bedside manner and like putting Absolutely. her at ease a bit and stuff and getting her to like kind of start talking a little bit while I'm going through things. Sure. Absolutely. Um, while Chris is rolling that real quick, does Maya seem like very like just from that initial reaction, it seemed very like overwhelmed by our tech or does it seem kind of comfortable to her? It's um, she's more curious. Okay. Um, it's kind of the, the primary, like, Ooh, that's neat. And you know, that I'm gonna spend a momentum. Sure. Ooh. All right. The science officers not have that much medicine. Um, so you can obtain information, but uh, so with the presence of medicine, you were trying to just calm her and get like let her understand she's being more, more by like, I mean, yeah, like to put her at ease so that she can start talking. Sure. And okay. so that I can start getting information. Obviously, you know, whoever else is there. Well, yep. so she was a little nervous coming into the medical bay at first, um, but like you let her hold a couple of instruments and tell her how to work and stuff like that. It totally puts her at ease. Um, the vibe you're getting off of her is that she's a scientist. Right. Um, you're not sure exactly what kind, but she's got an inquisitive mind. She likes to see how things work and she's very curious um, in that way. Um, and if you wanted to obtain information, go ahead and ask me a question. Yeah. Um, I think both in and out of character, what, what, what kind of science does she do? Um, she is what would be the equivalent? Does she study? Xenotechnology. Mm. Oh, cool. Okay. Focus. How convenient. Um <laughs> Does she and, suck on to our ship? What's that? Mm. Yeah. So very, yeah. might wanna, you know, depending on how you feel about her, you may not want to let her loose. Because <laughs> right. she's got that xenotechnology focus. Make sure she doesn't hide anything in her pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she is talking about, like, in her lab, she studies xenotechnology. So they have a source of xenotechnology somewhere yeah, it must be that they study. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about the work that she does in reference to the heralds and the, the builders. Hmm. So as you're questioning her, she talks about that the builders left installations on their planet and the heralds gave them their mission that their job was to maintain this garden for the builders eventual return um, and just from uh, and i'll give you that for free the way she's talking this was a very primitive culture that was uplifted by these creatures called the heralds 
Yep. Mm-hmm. I got that vibe too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and just uh, the phrasing she's using and the way they're talking about their history and, you know, they were given laws and mm. things like that that form the core of their society. So these were primitive people that are uplifted by these creatures called the Heralds who worked for the builders. Mm. Were servants of them or partners with or allies with or something like that. But there's a clear distinction between the Heralds and the builders. And her job is to study building tech. Mm. Uh, so that's where a lot of their technology came from. That's why in some ways it's more advanced than you would expect for that civilization. In some ways it's a little more backwards. Completely validates Dr. Hudson's um, sort of initial thoughts that something was off because nobody nobody gets to light speed without fucking up the planet at least a little bit. <laughs> um, and just to chime in here, hey, Craig, what, is, mm-hmm. what do they call themselves? Oh. I yeah, know, yeah, they are the uh, yeah, yeah. I'll put that name in there for you. That is appreciated. Put it. It's right here. <laughs> Thank or, you, or, Perry. Um, Nivea. It. it was just a guy named Harold Builder. <laughs> Harold Builder. Yeah, like Bob the Builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where did you? So that's they call you. themselves a Nivean. <laughs> Sit on down, relax, have a glass, nice glass of Nive. Right. Um, so Skanjadan, she appears to be in good health. Um, as a guess, you would think she's on the younger side of the adult scale. Absolutely. You so you have a big sample size to go from, but that based on size and genetic age and that kind of stuff, it looks like she's on the younger side of the hmm. Oh Maya. Um I've confirmed several of my theories about your planet and your your species, your culture. Our initial scans. It is not often that a planet, that a species, that a culture, um, makes it to um, what we call warp-capable technology without impacting their their planet uh, often in destructive ways um so to find such a wonderful pristine world with a, a culture capable of um warp drives and such um definitely had me curious so i, th- I thank you for um that and um, well if you if you'd like to get right to the sort of heart of why you snuck on to our battle she um, kind of lowers her head a little bit like she's embarrassed a little oh don't be embarrassed we I think the fact that you are a scientist and not a warrior that snuck on board is perhaps very um, fortuitous I feel like this lets us learn more that we would have had to go out of our way to find otherwise. Yes, but it uh, was obvious to all of us that we were being stonewalled down there. And frankly, this makes it a lot easier for us to find out what is going on down there rather than sitting up and sort of 
well, frankly, spying on you for a month until uh, these prophets return. It uh, may be longer than that. Oh, I uh, see. A month ago, you were not. You were not the first travelers from the stars to come to our world. Um, about Ooh. a month ago, other ships appeared, um, and they people appeared out of um, columns of light. And uh, transports declared that they owned yeah. our planet. They oh. understood that the prophets were very important to my people, and they took them hostage. And they make my people dig in the ground against the rules of the heralds. Ah, are these the people in? Your government buildings now? They keep people to keep an eye on us, but for the most part, they know that we, they call this weakened cowards. They know that we won't rise against them as long as our prophets are in danger. The prophets are our link to the heralds and to the builders. Uh, Chiscala was not lying when he talked about a pilgrimage and the prophets go on these pilgrimages from time to time and speak to the prophets or did that and speak to the builders the heralds to the builders no they can speak with a a builder and they bring back the words of the builders to help guide our society Um, they're very important to my people we would do anything to keep them safe including not ask for help from new friends that we may have just met. If there's anything you can do to assist us. Sure that they have, what's that? I'm sure that we will be happy to lend aid. Are you, I have a rather strong suspicion. I know what it is that they make you dig for. They said it was great power. Fuel for spaceships. A rather large deposit. That would be why. So they use my people as labor to dig in the earth. Profit from your planet, yes. (sighs) This is why... We would be happy to help and eventually, hopefully, have your people join the Federation. We protect our own and each other. That sounds like a lovely place. (laughs) We try. But will you be able to to help the prophets? Will you be able to save them? They are the the conscience, the spiritual guardians of our people. They are very important to us. And they are our link with the builders. We'll do everything in our power too. 
That's all I can ask. If I could make a little suggestion. This is the part where the TV show shifts and we're all suddenly at the table and Maya has just given us this. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to surreptitiously start sending our satellites to look for the builder site. Sure. To see what we can find out about it from up here, like looking down. Sure. No problem. Um, we'll get to that in a sec. So we'll put a pin in that one. Um, so we're sitting in the conference room, and Maya has just told her story to the senior staff. That's a compelling um, story, Maya. I can get an insight science with what? Some sort of a biology focus to identify the aliens that she describes? I'll try. Sure. Uh, insight science of the specialty in uh, xenobiology Perfect. and history. Mm-hmm. Uh, focus used, yes. So two die pass real quick. Why don't you buy a die? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Because my insight is not great. <laughs> now we're for momentum. That's what it's there for. Yeah, hey, one. Oh, one. Here we go. So they match in many ways in their attitudes and their actions and the, the visual description that she gives you. Uh, these are most like the Klingons. Yes. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. You know, based on what she knows, that somewhere in this system or nearby are probably three Klingon ships. Cloaked warbirds. Yeah, I was to say, TOS, we, we, cool. we had cloaking then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the Klingons definitely had cloaks. They've cool. had cloaks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. But the cloaks oh, are yeah. on this. The cloaks are on the smaller ships. <laughs> right. So the 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 D five and the D seven battle cruisers were they didn't cloak because those are too big. It's the raiders, the smaller ones that have the cloaks. So they tend to be a smaller ship, but they have a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah. They're basically glass cannons. Yeah, you can't you have your shields yeah. up. <laughs> That's right. And they, I'm just going to you know, heavy sigh at this. Their, their specific strategy is they drop their cloak, unload, and then yep. cloak again before it can respond. Yeah. This is gonna but if, they, if you get a hit on them, they're, they're paper thin. Um, now, so pleased. That would ex- possibly explain the warp signature you guys detected as you were approaching the system that went away as you arrived. That makes sense. So they could be hiding somewhere in the system or they could be cloaked. Um, there's many ways to hide a center signature um, in a planet with gravity world. Yeah. So does uh, Lieutenant Zecklin, um express her recognition? Uh, yeah, basically, as she's describing this, it's like... Klingons. <laughs> Klingons. Klingons. Well. Who we are, at this point, currently at war with, right? Yep. Well, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember right. if, uh, if if it had gone Cold War or not, but okay. Oh, I think it's still hot because, you know, the mistakes that people made in diplomacy right. lasted a long time. Uh, we're still in honor dual status. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Captain Chichelor says... Oh, and well. just to clarify, it's not that you necessarily open fire on site. Right. Uh-huh. But there's definitely some active hostility between oh, okay. the Klingon Empire and the Federation. Right. All right. So right. it is. So yeah, you wouldn't necessarily assume that if you see a Klingon, they're going to attack you, and you have to attack them. 
Great. So it's not like a it's not like an active war, but there's definitely a lot of aggression. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Diplomacy still on the table. But it would not be surprising if it goes that way. It would not be surprising if a Klingon warbird decloaked and unloaded on you. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we've just recognized that there may be three hostiles in the system who mean us harm and mean these people harm. So in order to avoid being caught with our pants down, Commander Kidney all. I mean, we can, sir, but if we do so, and this may be a better question for Craig, if we go to red alert, I'm sure that's going to have some, something is going to ping on sensors. Yes. Right. There'll be, it will be detectable that you are getting ready for action. Right. So I was just like, uh, Captain, much as I really want to push this big red button, um, (laughs) Um, I think for now, if we can continue with the uh, the charade of uh, having no idea that the Klingons are here, um, that mm. may aid us, um, but I will pass along uh, that we are to be at, you know, ready stations. Um, Fine, make it yellow. And can't make it yellow. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a yellow alert special effect. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. We, do, we do have a red alert, but yeah. So yeah, we we, we okay. do go to a yellow alert, um, and then um, an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Different stages, like you know, like the Department of Defense, right? Or like Homeland Security. Yeah. Um, the chart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of yes. Um, so put up on the big board. Mm-hmm. Um, that said. Um, besides that, um, Kidney will, uh, ask Maya, do you know where the prophets are being held? Are they on the planet? No, we don't know. Okay. Um, we know that there are, as you call them, Klingon overseers in the mines, um, who communicate regularly with their ships. It's terrifying for the people because when they need new workers, they will people will just vanish in columns of light and appear in the mines and start working. And when somebody is too exhausted or too tired, they come back and they're we try and nurse up the health and they tell us stories about what's happening. Um, but the, the Klingons are treating us like a resource to be used. That is a familiar tale, and I regret that your people is experiencing that harm. Kidney was get that. deep in tactical thought, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll get that uh, reason science role now for the scans of the planet. Okay. And the ship can help. Somebody wants to roll for the ship. I don't know if my focuses have botany, geology, history, infiltration. History? Sure, I'll go for history. Um, Um, What is the ship rolling? This is a difficulty two task. The ship will be rolling sensors and. 
Okay, I'm going to buy a die with a momentum. Science. Excellent. Uh, yeah, sensor science. The ship rolls one dice to assist. Correct. Yeah, one die. Yep. Awesome. Nice. Two in a complication. All right. How much momentum are we sitting on? Three. Okay. I'm going to buy down that complication. Where is my... That's what I was debating. But I yeah, think... I think... Good, yeah. yeah. All right. So two successes with a complication. All right. So they can't detect a specific, like a non-matching... Um, architecture or something like that, but they do find a location on the planet that uh, appears to distort your sensor readings. It's very localized. Um, like it's a campus-sized area on the planet where they're unable to get good sensor readings. Hmm. And that would be the complication. So you don't know what's there. You can't see what's there. Your sensors are able to pick it up, but you can tell that there's a clearly defined area that's marked by this. Um, Normal um, I get a bonus momentum because the computer helped me. Sure. Um, which may only be used on the obtained information spent. You may ask me a question. Okay. Um, depending what information I just got, I basically found a a thing I can't see. Right. You know it's there, mm -hmm. but you can't peer into it. Now, if I remember correctly, this obtained information could be anything related to the task as well. So, like, could pick up another scan while in the process and stuff like that, right? No, she, yeah, she can ask me any question related to the task that you just did. I'm trying to think. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone else have a suggestion? Yeah, I was going to say, can we possibly pick up the location of the mines uh, out of this too? I, I have another question that you might be, might be able to ask. Mm -hmm. um, if we've been kind of monitoring the planet passively, perhaps you could ask if any signals have come from that location that we've picked up. In the recent past. Or intercept the schedule. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like if, the, if we've noticed active transmission from that area we've just identified. Hmm. We find transmission to it also. Um, in uh, looking over the sensor logs, there's no record of transmissions to or from that location. Okay. Um, it appears to be not active in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I will give you the location of the mine for free. Okay, cool. Okay. And is it just um, a mine or are we talking? There is one location where they're currently mining. It's the largest deposits that are nearest sure. to the surface. And then another, and I hope this one is free. Dilithium can't be beamed, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Okay. They have to physically cool. go get it. No. And I have, I, I have, I have a bunch of shuttle pilots who need to be let out <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so, right. 
Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Captain Chichilla looks around at everyone and says, I think that we're all resolved that we're going to help and evade. And so yeah. we need to be quite careful uh, in the actions we take. And we, I think it is our duty to avoid as much hostility as possible in the course of liberating these people from Klingon oppression. So it seems that there are a few things we need to do, right? We need to figure out if there are people on the planet who are actively oppressing and invade that we can interact with. We need to try and find those Klingon ships if they exist in system. And we need to determine if there are other Klingon ships nearby or that might be able to aid them. Because all three of those things could prove dangerous to us and are also sources of useful information. So our Senate ultimate Commander, goal... Go ahead. Sorry, Craig. Second Commander Driffith just kind of holds up a... Captain. Yes. I feel like I should point out that according to Starfleet regulations, the people of this planet have not asked for our help. They have expressly refused us presence on their planet. They have. Now, I know the Prime Directive does not apply because they are a more capable species. However, we have approached them openly and been rebuffed. You have one well, excuse for help right one now. Pers one person told one us person they told did us not require that. help. And one specifically said, we need help. So, Jiffus, I think those cancel each other out. We're looking at a rather neutral situation, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Captain Chichilor says, um, uh, Commander Jiffus, Starfleet regulation suggests that through a thorough reading, if the I'd say he'd say it differently, if the the sovereign representatives of a people are able to make a request, not under duress or oppression, through their own free will, then we are to respect it to the best of our ability. The situation here, by a very close and specific reading of regulations and an understanding of its intent, is that we are permitted, wherein a group that is a noted adversary or antagonist to our efforts to expand freedom throughout the galaxy is opposing those efforts, we can and should do what we must to liberate a people under their oppression. Understood. I was merely offering a perspective that I did not think you could hear. It was welcome. I'm just letting you know where I stand in terms of Starfleet regulation. And to be fair, Jiffus, right. they said in the atmosphere. I'm just saying, I don't think the ships are in the atmosphere. Another good point. They could be on the surface. It could be. And if they are there, Totally sitting ducks. I think it'd be close, um, but Maya, are there any amongst your people that require direct aid? We are able to care for those that um, require it coming back from the mines. There were some that were injured in the initial. Uh, there were some deaths, um, but our, from what I've seen in the 
in the sick bay. Our medical technology is not too far off from yours. Very well. I was going to offer that I could stealthily venture planet side and give aid if needed, but if you do not think that is necessary at this time, then I'm sure there are other things that we can help. I think the biggest issue right now is the safety of the province. Which brings me to a question, and my I know you may not know, and we are putting a lot of pressure on you, so feel free to you know take a break when you need to. But your speaker, is he, I'm assuming he, I apologize. Um, are they under continual observation by Klingons? The Klingons keep a detachment of guards in the government house. Okay. And, and the speaker is a he. He is my father. Perfect. Okay. I apologize for the position that your father is in. However, is he under 24-7 watch? No. Um, there is no... They don't follow him home, if, if that is what you're getting at. They're maintaining a watch on the systems of government. Well, this is a way we can handle Jiffis' problem and potentially get more information. Uh, Captain, perhaps you should beam down and speak with the speaker privately. Excellent suggestion. It's a rather targeted shot. I mean, I don't beaming know down how they would take beaming down, considering their people have been stolen that way. And that's how the invaders showed up. Well. You could my call mother, them. That's one thing we could do. My concern there is. Right. It's, this is if he's being monitored. Right. Uh, we gave him a communicator. Yeah. We can determine if he still has it. Or it's been intercepted. Another option is the direct approach. Once. My mother told me a story. About one time during her responsibilities as a diplomatic liaison, she needed to negotiate a ceasefire among two warring groups on Endoria. And it seemed like it was heavily tilted in one direction. And the one group who wasn't getting the best side was going along with it. And she suspected that perhaps that they were under duress that there was something the other side was using to oppress that one group. And so she decided, based on her bold passions and the directives of her heart, that she should provide a safe opportunity to hear people out outside of the context of a negotiation room. So she snuck in. She left a chasm. She traveled through the night. And she had an intimate conversation with this person and learned that, indeed, their daughter was being held hostage. At the time, she wasn't lauded for that choice because it breached the objectivity that she was supposed to be providing. But in the long run, she was given meritorious commendation for her actions to try to provide a genuine opportunity for everyone to act with true agency. I'm reminded of that moment now. 
I like your mom. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like like mother, like son. Yes. Uh, I think we're going to try it. This well, is what I suggest. Go ahead, Dr. Hudson. I was just going to be asked to be excused from the meeting, sir, as uh, any way I see this going, my med bay will need to be in tip-top shape. Fantastic. Excused. <laughs> and he just like slipped a bit. <laughs> I mean, one right. way or another, yeah. Klingons. Why did that have to be Klingons? <laughs> yep. So so Captain Jitchalor turns to um Commander Kitneal and Lieutenant Zekonin. Oh, and then Lieutenant Shavoro as well. And oh, says she's there? this is what sorry, good, okay. cool, great. And says this is this is what I think we should do. Um um I am uh Safely transported down to the planet, um, avoiding radar detection by Commander Kitneal. I'm dropped off at a safe distance uh, during a time that Maya suggests I might be able to speak with the speaker without the prying eyes of Klingon overseers. Uh, Lieutenant Zekelnen and others maintained a transporter lock on my uh, insignia, right? You know, maintain a transporter lock. So that in the event that I signal that there is a problem, I and possibly others can be beamed up immediately. And that way we avoid any possible snooping through sensors or alerting the Klingons of our presence through the use of technology. And um, just to clarify, you're saying Kidneal will take the shut take a shuttle down to drop you off? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Out of character. Uh, I, th- I think we asked if, if we would be able to avoid like radar detection with the shuttle. So the, the sensor detection that the natives have, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the Klingons, not necessarily. If the Klingons are watching. That's a good um, point. Very right. unlikely. Okay. If the Klingons. However, says that he might be able to disguise a transporter to mm. obfuscate what it is and put you down. It might be a bit of a bumpy ride. But yeah, this was danger. Like, if the Klingons could see you transporting someone down, if you could hide it, then. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I still don't think you should pop into his house. Oh, of course not. Walk in. Sneak up. Yeah. So, Shavara says... Good suggestion. So, the biggest threat, the biggest issue we have right now is that no one here will ask us for help while while their profits are in danger. And we have no idea where the profits are. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Klingon overseers in the mine right now. Oh, yeah. No. We, <laughs> Shavor, you and I are we, on the same yeah, page. Yeah. Why don't we like, cut out the local government for now, get us some prisoners, and do some questioning? Yep. And then uh, talk to the speaker. And then talk to the speaker. Or talk to the speaker with the prophets free. Right. If to, we're so lucky. <laughs> to which Kidneal looks and says, yes. I was trying to get the captain over there while we went into the mine. <laughs> but now that you brought it up. <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. We'll, we'll talk about it with that is, um, I feel like kidnapping Klingons is almost guaranteed to have those ships come after us. It is a possibility. It depends yeah. on a check-in schedule. Klingons are generally fairly independent. 
Did they not have communicators? Sure. They have communicators. <laughs> but we have ways of, of blocking that from happening. And as long as the shipments arrive on time, the Klingons don't generally check up on one another. They're definitely not micromanagers in my experience. If you think we can do this without getting three warships coming after us. Oh yeah, at the end of the sure. day, that is high on the priority list. Because uh, Constitution class, we are not. No, but the... Outclassed, outnumbered. But based on the scans we saw, like the dilithium here, this is a strategic level resource. The yep. Klingons aren't going to want to make a lot of waves unless they have to. Because if it becomes a big of an issue, then Starfleet's going to send a fleet out here. All so right. I, I think the Klingons are going to want to keep it as small as possible unless things get out of hand. Does that make sense? does. But if we can free the profits, we can induct these folks into the Federation, and then they have Federation protection, which Indeed. carries a whole lot more weight for the Klingons than just an independent planet with other Federation people messing around. My two cents, uh, sir. I'm, I'm a tactical officer. <laughs> uh, can I just Point take my, like, hmm? protocol yeah. background? Um, sure. What I know, like, the Federation won't come. Right. Like if we call for backup saying we're meeting some people and might be getting tangled up with some Klingons who are also interested in the people on this planet and are tormenting them. This isn't a Federation planet. They don't. This is, yeah, this is not a Federation planet. And you guys are a long way away from Federation space. Yeah. The thing is, even if we like speed induct them, they're not going to get here in time to help. Not against three, these three, but. The the loss of the uh, lithium will be you know significant, or in this case, the Federation gaining access to it will be significant. So short term, you guys are on your own. Although there is one resource you might be able to call upon. Yes, that's not too far away. Go back. But it would take some time for that to happen. Um, but so he's going to ride in for the short to medium term. You guys are on your own here. So however you decide to handle it, it's up to you. All right. Like even that, getting a message back to Starfleet, which you could do through Sudspace and the network you guys have set up, um, it would take some like quite some time for a message to even get there. And then yeah. send the fleet back out would be, we're talking months. Right. So yeah, months. like we can't bank on the Federation helping us at all. So. No. It's all uh, us. Which actually. Helping us or them. Hmm? Helping us or the people right. on this planet. Um, which actually does bring up, you know, w within universe, uh, that we're ooh, getting close on time. Um, are one Miranda class versus three Klingon, you know, birds of it prey? It depends or... on the class of the ships right. that you're facing. So you guys are roughly the equivalent of a D5, um, which is the smaller, it's like a frigate class, a destroyer class. Um, if they have a D7 here, that's a whole different animal. That's equivalent of, a, of an enterprise, like a constitution class. Um, so if they have a D7 here, you guys would be definitely outmatched. If it's just three warbirds, they have a hell of a lot of firepower, but if you can get a hit in, it's going to hurt them a lot. So that, depending on cloaking and stuff like that, that might be more of an even, an even fight. Evening the odds. Yeah, like a, a warbird has something like 12 people or 
20 people on board is a maximum right. crew. Right, they're a very small ship, but it's all guns and warp core. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to sneak onto the ship. <laughs> that, 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 that would be a thing. Uh, That's what we want to do. We'll, we'll mount that trophy uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> Zeckelman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have it lashed it. onto the saucer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Park it on the front. Oh, yeah. We're going to have, we're going to put that in the wing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As a gift to Wing Commander Levine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to strap it to the back of the, the, the Curie, but sure. Hey, um, exactly. All we need is Wanderers machine <laughs> hey yes. mage coming in a couple of weeks <laughs> um, so, yes. and they will be far and away from wondrous machine uh, so it's gonna be like we, voyager we're gonna re- <laughs> retrofit as, it with weapons from other ships sorry great go ahead Get as we head into the break do we have a plan or do we want that's, what, it, that's what i was about to then... uh, uh, captain chichelor is going to make some suggestions and then of course we can talk about it over the break so Captain Chichelor says, all right, so it seems that we have three tentative or two main goals and we could potentially split up Then a third, right? We want, uh, I could perhaps talk to the speaker and then a- another detachment can approach the mine and subdue some Klingons for interrogation and discussion. We also want to be monitoring uh, the area in the event that we attract the attention of the ostensible Klingon ships. And so it seems like there are three groups. I also want to recognize that we haven't confirmed, or then Captain Chichelor turns to Maya and says, we haven't confirmed that you're okay with the things that we are suggesting. Um, to get, to be honest, I'm kind of in over my head. You folks know a lot more about this than I do. And I'm, I'm not one to follow the crowd in, among my people. I'm a bit of an outcast that way, which is probably why I'm here instead of down there following the rules. As long as the, as we can say the prophets, then that'll go a long way towards freeing you from, from fetters that my government might be putting on you. All right. Yep. Well then. Which brings, Captain, if I may suggest a third thing, potential scans of the planet or the system to see if we can locate the warbirds or potentially any yeah. other Klingon uh, holdout Indeed. staging point. You were given um, freedom to observe and gather information elsewhere in the system. Right. Um, you could certainly do scans of the other planets in the system and satellites, like natural satellites and things like that, as a cover for seeing if we can find a warbird hiding somewhere. Right. Because even if, like, oh, we come real close to a warbird, they're not just going to pop out and shoot because of that course. gives up the game. In that case, yeah, I'd suggest that uh, Lieutenant Zeckelnin, you lead the effort for scanning the system and preparing us in the event that we do attract the attention of the warbirds. Uh, Commander Jeffis, please assist her where necessary. Commander Kitneyall, you and Lieutenant Shavorer can plan an assault on the mine, perhaps to liberate some people or acquire the Klingon miners, Klingon overseers, for the purpose of interrogation. And then Captain Chichelor turns to Maya and says, and you'll tell me everything I need to do to try and have a short private chat with your father. 
Okay. And I think that brings us into break. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again for our little Star Trek mini series. Well, Drew takes a break to gear up for next Mage Chronicle. Um, please join us on Discord. It's an awesome community. People share their art and stuff, and I love it so much. And the birds and animals and all kinds of stuff. Well, lots of fun stuff there at yeetinto.space. Um, if you feel so inclined, uh, you're more than welcome to and support us on uh, Patreon at staylucky.club. Never going to get it. Um, we use that money to pay for artwork and refresh equipment for the crew um, uh, and things of that nature. Uh, so thank you very much if you're able to give us a hand there. Um, and I guess that's it. So uh, Twitch guys, we'll see you after the break. And YouTube folks, we'll see you in a few days. Bye. Join us next time for more bold action.